Hi, I'm Mark Chavez. I'm one of the hosts of Let's Make a, a comedy docuseries podcast about the creative process. Each season, my co-hosts, Ryan Beal, Maddie Kelly, and I, take on an artistic challenge and you follow our journey. In Let's Make a Sci-Fi, we wrote a science fiction TV pilot. In Let's Make a Rom-Com, we wrote a romantic comedy film. And on our latest season, Let's Make a Horror, we produced a horror short film. And when we run into trouble, we interview Hollywood experts. People who have worked on big things like The Blair Witch Project, The Office, Star Wars, Mamma Mia, and more. All three seasons of Let's Make a are available now, wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Chapel Rome is having a bit of a moment right now. She's a singer-songwriter originally from Missouri who's just released her debut album called The Rise and Fall of a Midwest Princess. And the project is blowing up all over the world. The L.A. Times called it one of the year's most exuberant dance pop albums. Hit it like, hit it like Get it hot, get it hot like Papa John. And if you're saying to yourself right now, Tom, why, why do I care what the L.A. Times thinks about music? Well, let me let me give you this. No shade to the L.A. Times. Let me give you this. How about Elton John? Elton John, Olivia Rodrigo have all been talking about what a great songwriter Chapel Rowan is. Uh, Chapel will actually be opening for Olivia Rodrigo on an arena tour next year. But this is not an easy road for Chapel Rowan. She was 17 when she signed her first record deal with a big major label. She leaves her small farming community in Missouri and moves to Los Angeles. Then the deal falls through and she has to come back. As she'll tell you, she has to come back from signing a big record label and like work at a donut shop back home in Missouri. And while she's back home, she does a lot of soul searching and comes to accept and love herself and begins to accept and love for the first time her queerness. Here's my conversation with Chapel Roan. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? Good. How's how's the tour going so far? It's amazing. I love tour. I know a lot of artists really struggle with liking it because it's it is very brutal emotionally and physically and mentally, but I'm having a great time. Yeah. It's my favorite part of my job. So, and we're on a bus. I, there is nothing more I could ask for. You sleeping, my, you sleeping okay? Yes, I'm sleeping so much. And really? I have insomnia, so at this, I'm sleeping so much. Because one or two ways I find with the bus. I know. You either can't sleep at all or you, like, you'll never sleep better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm very fortunate and I'm sleeping for like eight hours for the first time. <laughs> I'm very jealous of you. I'm having a hard time sleeping these days. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah, maybe I should get on the bus. Um, let me, can, can you tell me the story? The, the, the story of the first record deal at, at 17, if you're comfortable doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just a YouTube girl. They found me on YouTube. And I wrote some songs at a summer camp and posted them on YouTube. And I got discovered and just kind of showcased slash auditioned for Republic Records and then I got a call from like Columbia and Capitol and Atlantic and I went to showcase for Atlantic and I liked them so I picked them and I was signed to them for five years in a horrible horrible record deal but I didn't know any better because you know I was a little kid I was literally a minor that got me where I am today how difficult that was just backtrack a little bit. When you were uploading the songs on YouTube, was was that under the guise of, hey, I'd like to be signed to a major label? Hey, I'd like for music to be my career? Um, 
well, I wanted to be an actress. I really thought I was going to be an actress. I was like in acting class. And I just was uploading it because people were telling me I had a good voice. And um, it ended up being like my actual job. It's such a unique experience. What is it like when you're 17? I like that you said I was a minor, like your brain's not even fully finished developing yet. Mm-hmm. And you get all this attention and from, from these big major record labels. Yeah, it's bizarre and should be illegal. It feels very predatory. I do not think, I did not think that was right. And it's not like my parents knew. My mom's a veterinarian. My dad's retired from the Navy. It's not like we knew anything about the show business in Willard, Missouri. Um, it was very, I felt very isolated and very confused for many years because I didn't understand what was going on or the things I was feeling. Because not a lot of kids were going through what I was going through. I didn't have anyone in Missouri who was. Did you leave home then? Is that when you moved to L.A.? I moved to L.A. when I was 18 and then was back and forth until I was 20. And I finally moved for real when I was 20. Um, And I've been living there for five years. But Uh, it was a very intense experience. Last last thing on it, we'll stop talking about the old deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, also, we don't have to talk about it at all. Mm-hmm. But um, for 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 closure's sake, for conclusion's sake, so 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 is it that you record the record and the record doesn't do as well as as they were hoping? Like it's also it, they can cast you away so easily. Like what what ended the relationship? If you're able to say, well, it's my relationship ended with my label. Like a lot of artists ended their relationships in 2020. Um, you just get dropped if you're not making money in 2020. Like, music industry crashed. It was, touring is how artists make their money. And it was 2020, I wasn't touring. And Pink Pony came out in April of 2020, the worst time for a club song to come out. I know you wanted me to stay But I can't ignore the crazy visions of me in LA There's a special place where boys and girls can all be queens every single day. And to be honest, the label didn't even want to put it out. So it was already a very tense relationship. And I got dropped because I just wasn't making money for them. Neither was, neither were most artists, unless you are massive. So. Many artists lost their jobs. Was there a part of you after that that goes, I don't know if I'm going to make music anymore? Yeah. I, mo- I ran out of money. I moved back home with my parents and uh, was working the drive-thru. And oh, chap, that's, so, hard. that's hard. Yeah, but that's like most people. Like most people like work oh, yeah. horrible jobs, it's, you know. W- w- sorry, uh, working at the drive-thru is not hard. Mm-hmm. Getting signed to a record label, moving to L.A., being promised this whole other life and then having to move home sounds challenging to me. Yeah, it was. It was. And I was just kind of like, I wonder if this is really for me. I just didn't have a guiding. There was nothing guiding me. I didn't know what to do. I knew I liked how Pink Pony Club made me feel, but I didn't know how to access that feeling again because I wrote it when I was at a club, when I was around people, when I was having a great time. So... I moved back to L.A. in October of 2020, and I said, I'm going to give it one more year. I'm going to give it one shot. If I don't like it by October 2021, I'll move back. But let me just try to 
give it a shot. What lesson did you learn? I think it's so cliche, but if you just don't stop, it's you make it eventually. I think for me, I was much closer than I thought I was. And I thought, you know, oh my God, this is taking another five years. So it takes a decade though. It's true. It takes a decade to start making money at this job. Yeah. yeah. So I was much closer than I thought. Did you learn something about like escaping other people's approval when it comes to a record label and sort of making music for yourself? I know that's a bit of a leading question, mm. but that's all, that's often the story. Maybe I should be clear. That's often the story I hear. We left we left the label, we departed from the, the label, and then we were able to sort of access our own selves. I always had access to my own self. Um, but they just didn't like it. I don't know. They shot themselves in the foot. I mean, yeah, look at you now. here we are. Yeah. I don't have it. I mean. Yeah. Can we listen to some music? Listen, let's listen to this. My guest, Chapel Roan, and uh, After Midnight off her new album, The Rise and Fall of a Midwest Princess, which is also, I'm realizing, the hat you have on right now. Yes, it's my merch. It's your merch? Yes. Tell me about that song. I love that song. After Midnight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I literally, <laughs> I just wanted something fluffy. And a lot of that was inspired by, my dad always says, um, nothing good happens after midnight. Like, my dad said that to me growing up, and I was like, that's crazy, because everything that I, like, remember and was very life-changing happened after midnight, you know? So that's what the song is called, After Midnight, is inspired by my dad. But it's just bubblegum. just felt good. My, my understanding is, like, is, is that song and, um, is, it, is it Kaleidoscope? Kaleidoscope? Yeah. The, these are songs that people have, have referred to as part of your story in terms of like accepting your own queerness on this record. Mm. Is that right? Here we go again Everything is fine I guess we could pretend We didn't cross a line I've never heard someone say that through Kaleidoscope or, or After Midnight. Um, but they are, yeah, they are definitely stepping stones under that. Like, I think that a lot of people would say Naked in Manhattan or Red Wine Supernova. She was a playboy, Bridget Bardot. She showed me things I didn't know. That is coming in, too. Like, oh, I think I'm queer, and this is an experience that I'm experiencing for the first time, and... Is that is that is that accurate that um, you what you were just saying to me that you sort of discovered your own queerness through the making of this record or during the making of this record? Yes, it was four years in the making, and for two of those years, I was dating a man. Right. But I wrote a lot of queer songs while I was dating them, him, even though I had never even kissed a girl. Nothing. 
um, a lot of it came from daydreams and fantasizing. And I found my queerness and like my identity through the imagery of the album. So with the outfits and the makeup and I realized I really connected with drag and it kind of came with like the creative world. The music, yes, but like the world building is really what, you know, kind of realized my queer identity. That must be um, pr- profound or, or, or meaningful to you personally. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very, I feel very free. This project makes me feel very free. We'll be right back. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you get your podcasts. Someone who was a drag queen said to you that your name, like Chapel Roan's not your real name. Mm-hmm. They said you are, Chapel Roan is kind of your, like you are kind of a drag queen in your own way, oh, you, the yeah. way you present yourself. Can you tell, tell that story? London, yeah, I, I had a, a drag queen open for me in London named Crayola. And... She was like, oh, you are a drag queen. And I was like, that was the first time I'd ever been told that. What, what, what did they mean by that? Well, because I, I was just getting ready and like my makeup wasn't done yet. And, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm like you. I, I need to get my makeup and my clothes on and kind of transform them. And she was like, honey, you are a drag queen. You're not just getting makeup on. You're a drag queen. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, that was very altering. Like, that, there was something that switched in over the summer when I did that in June. And I really have taken that on as an identity. Um, and it's been very freeing to be like, oh, Chapel Roan is a drag, is my drag project. And I think that's also helped personally to separate it as a job and as like a project, and then there's me as Kaylee. I, I think I understand what you mean. The, the Chapel Roan thing is getting so big that it can you, you when something gets that big, it can kind of take over your in, in your entire life. So this is yeah. a useful way. Thinking of yourself as a drag queen is a use, in, among other things, mm-hmm. a useful way of framing it so that there's distance between this part of you that gets a lot of attention on on the internet and and from your fans, and then who you really are. Yes. Yeah. It's it's still. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out the balance of it not consuming me, but I think it has been easier to kind of be like, this is me when I, well, this is chapel when I have this outfit on, this makeup, and I talk like this, and la la la, and because it's a very exhausting character to play. <laughs> yeah, and you strike me as someone, and I mean this as a compliment, you strike me as someone who's um, conscious of protecting themselves. Hmm. I would say so. I try my best to protect myself. 
it's this industry like you really flourish if you don't protect yourself you flourish if you don't protect yourself mm -hmm. yes like if you don't look after yourself you could have a pretty big amazing career you've seen that kind of thing happen we've all seen that we've all seen that we all see what happens if you don't protect yourself or and if you don't prioritize your health or mental health you do really good yeah you have big records and Yep. Perform at the Grammys. You're and massive on TikTok. You're massive on socials. And I don't plan on doing this forever. So I need to just have an identity outside of this and protect myself for when I'm, you know, 20 years from now and I'm not just like burnt out on life, you know. That's great. I don't, I don't know if people who were making pop music in the 70s and 80s had that perspective. And I think, I think they wish they had, you know? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. It must be um, validating to go through what you went through and to come out on the other side of it with, you know, uh, finally, you know, getting all these really big numbers and having people like Elton John mm -hmm. and Olivia talk, Olivia Rodrigo talk about how, how you know, how, how influential and kind of groundbreaking your music is. That must be very validating, especially having gone through what you went through. It really validated that my gut is right. And I was like, I knew it. But it, it just feels very, I feel very honored to have someone like Alton John and, and Olivia, people who I really look up to that I know went through such an, mm. a difficult time to get where they are to acknowledge me and say, you're doing a good job too. Like, I understand you. I think you're a great songwriter. I think you made a great record. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. It's fun to talk to you. Thanks, you too. I right, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Chapel Rowan. Uh, if you want to go to the other episode we put up today, it's my conversation with the legendary George Clinton, the godfather of funk, a guy we've been trying to get on the show, I think, for like seven years now. So glad we finally got a chance to chat. I can't wait for you to find out how we managed to get a chance to chat. But we talk about a lot. We talk about the early days of funk. We talk about how funk was like really looked down upon by the folks who were making uh, Motown at the time. And um, how even though... George Clinton and P-Funk is the sound of modern hip-hop. He really hasn't been compensated fairly at all for that. Go check that out wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.